127 on the mic exists simply as an extension of our college ministry 127 at FBC Bryan. Our prayer is that this podcast be used in accordance with you belonging and investing into a local body. We hope that this resource is growing in relationship with and understanding of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yo, 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 what it do, podcast crew? What is up, my people? I thought, it sounded like you were going to start singing. Yeah, I was about to, and then I was like, yo, what it do <laughs> to the podcast B-flat crew? That's a B-flat. I think so. Someone can tune me on that one, but yeah, as about be as flat as I can get. <laughs> I will be flat on this. <laughs> nice. What's up, guys? What's up? Singing out on a Thursday. Weather's nice. It's been normal Thursday. It's nice. It's nice that the weather's nice still because my air conditioner I'm working my vehicle right now. Yeah. What's the What's the process on that? You gotten it checked out yet? Oh yeah. Is it the is it the moolah that's the issue? Oh yeah, yeah. It's yeah. expensive one. <laughs> yeah. If you want to know like the full. The full rundown, the clutch went out on my AC compressor. I and I thought, nice. like, hey, they can replace that clutch on that. Yeah. That's what I thought. But yeah. no, they have to replace the compressor and then, like, 17 other parts that go along with that. And yeah. I guess air conditioning work is sketchy. And so yeah. $3,000 later, like, hey, we can get this fixed. Hey. Like, Whoa. And then they want to charge me $700 to, to, to do my brakes because my front brakes need to be redone. <laughs> and then, like, in probably a tune-up. And so it was like a like a $4,500 ordeal when, yeah. when he called me. I was like, well, uh, can you change the oil and I'll come get it? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what we did. So I changed the brakes last weekend. Wow. Myself. Wow. It cost yeah. $44. That's impressive. That was yeah. it. Save money. Yeah. Live better. Say, live better. And so, so I just pretended like I paid 700 and I was like, I just saved six hundred and fifty dollars. That's I can, incredible. I can put that towards my air conditioner. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Yeah. Um. So I'm. I don't know because I'm gone a lot this summer. If I'm even going to fix it, I might just like, hey, let's get. By the time you get back, it's gonna be like August. seventy-five degrees. August. No, it'll be middle of July. <laughs> Are we talking about the, the the white truck or the black truck? The black truck. The black we black sold truck. we sold the white one. The white one is gone. Yeah. We got a Somebody spiffed up a minivan for Alyssa we, now. We done traded nice. trade it up. Yeah. Well, if you need any tips on. Spending money on a car, uh, let me know because yeah, you know um, a guy. Yeah, no, I know a uh, Ford. Um, they love spending their money, people's money, taking your money. Yeah, exactly. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, I'm good. Life is good. All the time. All the time. <laughs> All the time. God is good. Oh, oh wait. How's it going? Life is good. Yeah, I thought we were going. Life is but good. But God is life. So. <laughs> God is love. Wait, God is <laughs> God is life. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, we can put that in there. True, I guess. I I messed up in my words, but all life is life God is breathed. <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah. And all scripture is love. <laughs> Gosh. Love the life the Lord gave you. I feel like yeah. this is going to be the change you want to see. We could just do a whole different topic. I mean, we, <laughs> just we don't know what we're talking. What about, are we so. talking about? I don't know what we're talking about. Do you hear that? Do I hear what? Is that? Is that God speaking? <laughs> <laughs> that one was good. That's what I needed. I need but some some teamwork out here. I, they high fived each other, and you guys couldn't see it. And there's a lot of uh, things in the way of high fiving yeah. people. Clearly, here, if Zach and I went to high five each other, we'd have to avoid a computer and a mic stand. And it just happened. And and then the high fives are not aggressive. Yeah, they become really soft high fives at that point, and they feel weird. Yeah. and they look weird. Also, 
Thanks. Just letting letting the podcast world know what happened. I'll give Zach a soft high five any day of the week. <laughs> Thanks. I feel weird. Yeah. Um, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. We're here and we're talking about hearing from God. And I'm excited for this one because I think a lot of people, especially in this, I guess, day and age, sure, but also just this age group of, you know, mm. a lot of decisions to be made, a lot of options. Um, so the first question is, is what does it really mean to hear from God? A lot of people throw that out like, oh, I heard from God to do this. What does that actually mean? Well, I mean, we've been studying the Shema for a couple of years now. And so the, the word is hear, O Israel, hear um, the Lord, our God, the Lord is one. And that's, that's more than just um, audibly hearing it through your ears, but understanding that understanding that and allowing it to speak to you, understanding that and allowing it to teach you something. And so I think hearing from God is about listening to him and allowing him to change you through his words and through his word. So. Yeah. Shama. Shama. Yeah. It's a good word. Uh, well done, Caleb. I'll tell you that because when I didn't think about the thing that we've been doing for every <laughs> gathering three years uh, of just like hearing, hearing from God in that space. Uh, one of the ways that as we have, have really digested the Shema um, in, in our gathering uh, it, it becomes positional um, for me a lot. Um, and I think there's a lot in, in scripture mm-hmm. that you can, you can take that mindset on. It's like, Hey, I, I need to, I need to have the right posture before God. And, and sometimes that's physical. I mean, sometimes there's a commandment to lift holy hands or to, or to kneel or to, to like put yourself in, in proper position. Um, and the Shema I think is, is that too, mm-hmm. is, is take heed, put yourself in a position, not just hear from God, but, but position yourself in a way that you can, um, is pretty important. And so when we talk about hearing from God, I think that's such a good place to start. Um, because there are moments, there's moments in my life, there's moments I think that all of us could testify that God raised a voice, mm. didn't physically yell at us, but but there was drastic something that happened that got our attention that we just went, I have to like run to the Father. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, we can go like zoomed in, personal things that have happened to you, but even like in culture, uh, I've used this before, like with w- what happened at 9-11, which you guys weren't. I was. You were barely alive, Caleb, were you? I was born? three days old. Wow. Come out of the hospital. You, you were nine, you were nine, eight, one. Yeah. Wow. Nine, eight, oh, one. And so, I mean, I remember exactly where I was. I was in college, so that makes me feel great. But, um, <laughs> when it happened, old. like people flocked yeah. to religion. They, I mean, they, they ran to God it, it is kind of the simple way to do that. Churches, church attendance went up. I mean, like in this, in New York city and stuff like Catholic churches were flooded with people just like, I don't, I don't know what to do, but, yeah. but to, to run to this. Um, and, and so a lot of that became in extreme moments when God's voice is raised, he pushes you into a posture, he pushes you into a position, um, maybe to be ready to hear. And I would say that that was unbelievers and believers just went, I, I got to do something, yeah. um, to, to find some sort of peace. And so I think that's the first part of really hearing God's voice. That's good, Caleb. Shema. Shema. Would you say at uh, certain points, um, there are ways we can position ourselves to hear God's voice more or more clearly? Like what is, mm. what does that really look like? Cause I think we, we hear like, oh, get in a space to hear from God. But, um, like, is there, is there practical things we can be doing that get us into that space of, of hearing from him more 
um, than maybe other times. Yeah, I mean, clearly to, to hear God's voice is to be understanding what he's speaking and God has revealed himself in his word. God has revealed his His words and his attitudes and his character in his word. So, I mean, really, it's it's pretty simple. If you want to hear from God, read your Bible um, because that's how he's revealed himself already. And then also we we're so high on community here. We, we know that wisdom is in the counsel of many. And so if you want to hear from God in that, in that way, also go and see what biblical community says, because God is speaking to them and they can be um, conduits of his word to you through them. And so I would say those two things. Yeah. What would you say is like the balance between, um, cause I think a lot of people fall into two spectrums. Um, and some people do a really good job balancing this, but some people are like only leaning on their community to hear from God, like only seeking out what other people think, mm. um, in their lives. And then there's some people that don't look for that. They're just like, what is God saying? What is God saying? What is God saying? And neglect, um, everything that the people around them are saying, what's, where do we find the balance between those two things? And that could be an answer you give or, or for John. Yeah. I mean, I, that's a challenge because sinful voices are sinful. Um, not always, but can be. Yeah. Um, and so when we talk about, you know, being encouraged or, or hearing from God in community, um, I think that just, it has to be trusted, um, has to be proven, um, has to be measured. Uh, and, and so keeping those things out in the forefront. Um, and, and I, like I would challenge our people with that too. Um, for the guys in this room, um, right now, all, all of you have had, or currently, I mean, you do have like teaching spaces, you taught yesterday, yeah. you, Zach taught yesterday at youth, Caleb taught last Sunday, he's teaching again this Sunday. You have the opportunity to stand before people and open God's word um, and share with them what you believe and what church history and what people smarter than us and what God's word is literally saying to people. Um, but with that, I would go like, hey, if you're in the audience, you've got to measure these things because yeah. I can stand before you and just spew lies that I think about scripture. Mm-hmm. And, and I would venture in a totally made up um, percentage, like 80% of our people would be like, amen, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do the hard work. You did the hard work for me. And that's what you think it says. Then I'm running with it. Um, and so we can get, we could, we get lazy in our approach to scripture. You probably get lazy in your approach to trusted community, um, mm-hmm. too, just because they have the right shirt or they go to the right church or they have the title doesn't always mean that, that some of their advice can be necessarily trusted. Yeah. Um, and so measuring that, um, is pretty important. Good. Yeah. And I think like, I really like that, but I also think on the flip side, uh, for the people that are maybe only relying on God's word, that sounds kind of bad to say, but they're not valuing community. Know that in Genesis two, God created Adam and Adam had everything he needed in the garden to, to do what God had commanded him to do. And yet God said it wasn't good because he needed a companion. Um, for, for life, but also for wisdom and for counsel and for, um, advice. And so I think that in that also know that God has placed the people in your life for your sake as well, so that they can teach you what, what God is teaching them once again. So I think it's really just boils down to, uh, your humility and your, mm. your own pride, because if, if you're too prideful to accept the wisdom of many, mm. um, then you don't really understand the point of the many. But I think at the same time, if you're um, so quick to just accept the counsel of many without first reasoning in the scriptures, like John said, it's also 
you know, the, the opposite side of that same coin. Yeah. So, and I think that even plays into, uh, when we're commanded to live in the light and, and that's where mm-hmm. that power kind of comes alive. If you're sharing your life with others, then them seeking out God's will, even in their own lives, they can start speaking to things in your life that are supplied by the spirits. And so, um, I think those like just two ideas are, are very interwoven. Um, and so kind of on the side of, of directly hearing from God, um, I like put in the, put in here, like, um, audible voice versus guided direction. But I think for y'all, like, what are some ways like either in your own life or that you've seen in others, like you've seen God speak to people and then them take action. Has it been more of like, I just feel God moving me in this direction or like God spoke to me and he said this. Um, and how did that like come about? Mm-hmm. So I, I know it's a, it's a highly debated topic. I know that, but, uh, like just ways that you've seen it personally. Yeah. I think I understand what you're talking about with highly, highly debated there. Um, I've, I've done this thing, this Christian thing for a long time. Um, if you want the hard number, I'm rolling up on, rolling up on year 34. Um, of just like walking, walking with Jesus. And, I, and I've been around people uh, who have, who have been a Christ follower much longer, double the length. Uh, I've, I've had great conversations with, with men and women that I trust. Um, I've walked beside people in some of the most difficult spaces. Um, I think about like on, on mission trips and I think about just in, in challenging spots. Um, I've shared, I think, some stories with you guys even of like just really, really big, huge spiritual moments of things that Mm -hmm. I didn't expect and prayers that we prayed that I never thought I'd be put into those positions and and healings that have taken place um, that that I will always blame on God that have been just just incredible, incredible spaces. Um, I've seen a lot of things and I've never heard God's audible voice. Um, And I've never had a conversation with someone who did. And so... I, I wish I could theologically just explain to you what that, mm. what that is. Yeah. Um, because there's, I, I want to say this, when we talk about hearing from God, I think there's a large demographic, even that we walk with that just, they don't believe that God still speaks. Mm. Um, God, that the earth and humans were a wind up toy and he wound us up and let us go. And, and he just sits back Yeah, just an absent father. Mm. Um, and, and I don't believe that scripture doesn't speak towards that. Um, Jesus didn't model that. Mm-hmm. And so, so we have to, we ha- I want to, um, and I think scripture points us in the direction re- just clearly that God still speaks. And, and so in that, because I haven't heard his audible voice and I've never been around someone who has, although I read in scripture that there, mm-hmm. there are moments, I mean, Jesus baptizes my son with whom I'm well pleased. Like that's a sweet moment. Yeah. Um, but, but even in that, even in God what I see in scripture is God clearly speaking the man who's doing the baptizing at that point, you know, J to B John, the Baptist um, doubts who Jesus is later. Um, Mm. And so in hearing the audible voice of God, and then you go 10 chapters later and you're going, are you the one that was to come or should Mm. I expect somebody else? He had what I would say should be a life changing spiritual moment where God literally spoke and it didn't affect him forever. Yeah. It didn't affect him for a really a long time because when doubt creeps in and things like that, um, it began to, that voice begins to fade. So we get to the point where we go, are, do you believe that God still speaks? Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not going to say that he doesn't, but I, I've never heard God's audible voice and I've never been around anyone who has heard God's audible voice in pretty incredible spaces. It's never happened. Mm. 
then I have to go, okay, well then how, how does he, and we talk, we, you know, we talk about community and we talk about other things, but, but then the flip side of that, I like to teach from the negative, um, what prevents us from hearing? Cause I believe he does. Mm-hmm. And, but I don't in my life, it hasn't been audible, but I still believe that he speaks to me. What gets in the way of him speaking to me would be the, the question that I'm thinking. I know that sort of answers what you're talking about, but yeah, I had to get there. Yeah. Cause I, I would also just similarly to thinking in the negative of like, why and how, how could we put God in a box to say that he can only speak to us audibly and that he can't speak to us in community and that he can't speak to us through our interactions and through our, um, things that happen in our life. But the verse that came to my mind was Isaiah six, nine through 10. And so the context is Isaiah is being commissioned by the Lord to go and and speak to the people of Israel in the midst of their sin and in the midst of their rebellion. And he says, go and say to this people, keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and then blind their eyes, lest they see with their ears, with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts and turn and be healed. And so I think it's this idea that I think we are hearing from God a lot of the time, more often than we think, but we, our hearts are so blinded to it and our hearts are so veiled to it that we forget and we don't understand and we don't perceive that it's God's voice. Uh, And so whether that's in community or um, the spoken word of the Bible or a lot of other things, just the way that our life happens, that I think that we are hearing from God, but we refuse to believe that it's truly God speaking. And so I think even some wisdom would be um, ask God to unveil a lot of the blindness of your heart, because I think often it's not that God doesn't want to speak to you. It's not that God isn't speaking to you, but it's, it's that you're not listening. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. So with, with what John said in this passage that you bring up, what are some of those things that, that blind us to what God is speaking to us? Um, so, so Jesus on the cross proclaims, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which is, yeah. when you look at the totality of scripture, I, I will always teach that, that God is not going to forsake you. Mm-hmm. He's not going to forsake those that, that are his. He's a good father. That's not one of his characteristics. And so, so why in that moment is Jesus there? There's a lot of theological stuff wrapped into that. Mm-hmm. 100%. We can, we can deep dive into that, but he's in a dark space. Yeah. Literally he's in a dark space. I mean, darkness has fallen over the face of the earth. Mm-hmm. Like the, he's, mm-hmm. he's just in a dark spot. Yeah. Um, and, and even like, this is David's MO. If you want to go back to, um, old Testament thought, like, like Psalm 22 was one of those, um, as we were transitioning from, um, where we were at before in Durant to here, I was just in a season of like, not so much wandering, a little bit of doubt and and just wondering what our next steps were mm-hmm. and all that. And so Psalm 22 is one of those, I was like, hey, I'm, I'm going to memorize this and and just put it out in front of me. And so th- it starts out just, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? Mm-hmm. Like he, he mm-hmm. starts in that space and the guy yeah. who's been promised to be king, who, who's been gifted, who's experienced some unbelievable things and that's his heart's cry. And he's just in a dark space. And so when, when we are having difficulty hearing, hearing God's voice or trusting that, there's just two great examples that we see in Jesus and the life of David, then, then I, I have to always go back to, I have done something because the promises of God are this, then there's something in my life that is, has risen up 
um, that is blurring or muting or or I'm looking at something else so I'm not clearly hearing God's voice. And that's Psalm um, Psalm 66, 18. If I had cherished sin in my heart, you would not have listened to me. Mm. Um, and so sin is that first thing. Wrong thoughts about God, wrong thoughts about the character and nature of God um, that we allow to creep in, which we would call sin, um, break that connection. And I think it's a, a two-way connection where he goes, you wouldn't have heard, you wouldn't have listened to me if I'm cherishing sin. Mm-hmm. Um, so unrepentant walking in that, you wouldn't have listened to me. Um, and and so the the flip side of that is search my heart, test me, see if there's any anxious thoughts in me, see if there's any offensive way in me. And after you do that, then you lead me. Yeah. Um, was that Psalm 139? Then, then you leave me in the way of everlasting. And so that's the flip side of that. And so the first one I would say is just like sin. Sin is going yeah. to be the thing that mutes the voice of God to you. Mm. Yeah. And I think to answer your question as well, like we look at the nation of Israel, uh, there was the 400 years of silence in between the Old Testament and the New Testament. And, so, and we, so we say, what what caused that? What caused God to not give his word through the prophets anymore. And what caused that was the fact that they rejected the prophets, that they rejected God's word and that they forgot God. And so I think even like John said, this is sin obviously, but they rejected the spoken word that was already there. Mm -hmm. And so I think maybe in your life of, if it doesn't seem like you're hearing from God, Maybe you've rejected one of the words that he's already given you and you refused to obey the previous word that he's given you. Yeah. And because I think a lot of times we, we want to hear this word from God that, that is giving us this next direction in life without really ever truly obeying the first word that he gave us. Yeah, that's good. Um, and I think, uh, along with that thoughts, there's, there's a lot of areas that I think, especially I see this sometimes in my own life where I just get out of, out of spiritual disciplines. And then I'm like, why am I not hearing from God? And it's literally right in front of me. Hmm. Um, and I think it's because I'm, I'm specifically looking for a certain answer from God and I'm getting frustrated that I'm not hearing that. And so I'm like, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to read your word. I'm not going to pray because I'm not getting the answer I want. I think a lot of people fall into that of, um, God's literally giving you an answer (laughs) but your mind and heart is so blinded because you're literally looking for one answer yeah. uh, from him. And so, um, I guess my next question, and this is probably a lot of, um, a lot of people's space right now, especially in college is how do I discern God's voice from my own? Um, cause I think we, and I hope that a lot of us are, are aligning our hearts and our minds with God's will. But a lot of us, I think sometimes are like, there's obviously still sin in our hearts um, in our lives to mm. a certain extent here on earth. And so how do I discern um, God's mission and his will and his voice in my life compared to my own that's still tainted by sin? Uh, good luck. Yeah. Hey, hey uh, good luck. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think we have to, we have to identify or just say out loud, like, like the enemy, that's the enemy's ploy. A lot of times is, is to take, to take what is true and to pervert, it was the trick in the garden. Did God really say? Um, and and I think it continues to echo. Our culture drives that. There's a lot of things. There's just a lot of noise. Um, and and sometimes noise is good, and sometimes not. I believe that God redeems all of those all of those spaces. But um, that question um, is difficult because you have an enemy whose goal is that mm-hmm. um, that. 
you should rather listen to sinful voices. You should. I mean, what he offered to Jesus in, in the temptation in the desert is just like wild. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you all of this. Why would he even offer that? He knows who Jesus is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not a surprise to him. This is, this is God in the flesh. He made all of this by his voice. Yeah. If, if, if the theology of Satan that I understand is correct, then he was there when it happened. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, just yeah. like shortly after it was probably explained to him, it's like, I'm gonna make all this and you guys get to hang out in it too. Here we go. Um, and so there's to offer him the stuff that he already made is weird. And why would he do that? Because the, that's how the world would respond. That's what culture would mm. say. This is what you need. Mm. Um, and so he's going after that. And so you have an enemy um, and identifying your enemy is a pretty good thing to do. Um, but we can all be scared of the theology of Satan and I get it. Um, but he's real. Um, and he's active, he's present, and he's he's sneaky, mm. I mean, he's strong. And like he has all of these characteristics that we need to identify. I mean, you have an armor of God you put on for a reason, um, not because God's sending you into a battle that you're going to guarantee to win, which I believe that's also true, but because he's sending you into a battle yeah. um, with an enemy who is going to attack vital organs. And so the recognition of that is big, but it's also difficult. I didn't answer the question. I just... I gave you an excuse that it's hard yeah, because it is. Yeah. And I, I think I can answer the question. So a couple thoughts, Galatians five talks about the, the war between the flesh and the spirit. Yeah. And so the spirit is waging the war against your flesh. And so the spirit is waging the war against your voice and God's voice. And so I think it's this idea that, um, if we would truly ask for wisdom, like James says, then, then God would give it to us. And I think how we can discern whether or not in the spirit that it's God's voice or uh, once again, my voice is once, once again, what we talked about in community, because the spirit is going to do something that unifies the body and the body God uses the body to highlight Jesus and to highlight his voice and not your own. And so I think listening to community, once again, listening to the word of God, because the word of God points to the voice of God. Yep. And so I think those are a few things. Obviously, if if you're thinking something and a lot of the people in the church are, are probably saying it's wrong, you might reconsider what you think is God's voice. That's what I would say. Yeah, that's good. Um, I guess sort of the next kind of question is, I think a lot of our people have, have amazing things happening and, and God may be calling them in um, a multitude of directions. Yeah. And so... Um, I don't want to put it like a, like an ultimatum, like you got to do this or do this and both are good. And how do I know which one God's leading me to? Um, but what if there's just like, there's a lot of great things happening here in college station, um, especially ministry wise that people can step into, um, or even back home as they go home for the summer. So how do we, um, find God's voice in that? Is there, is there a wrong step to take there that, um, you know, maybe you could have experienced God's presence more in one place or the other, um, how do we kind of walk through that when there's a lot of good things um, to choose from? <laughs> Let's write that book if we know this answer. Um, the only right way. The yeah, only yeah, right yeah. way to look. Yeah, there's a couple of stories. I mean, uh, and I, I, I wish I could go and find this. Matt Chandler talked about this in a message a long, long time ago, just talking about discerning the will of God. And he's like, you're walking along a path and there's flowers on one side and there's flowers on the other. And God says, God says, hey, I need you to pick flowers. And you go. Like which, yeah. Which flowers? Like what? Do you, that, and that's the game that we play yep. a lot of times. It's like which there's flowers on both sides of the road. What do I do? Mm-hmm. And he's like, pick flowers. 
Yeah. And then Matt goes into like his joyful, hyperactive, just like picking all the flowers. Kind <laughs> yeah. Of yeah. Um, and, and one of the things that I was talking about, just like closing, uh, uh, first Samuel three is just a great mm. kind of response to God's voice thing. And in verse four, as he's walking through this and, and I, I shared this without sharing this verse directly with one of our girls this summer who was going, Hey, and, and if you hear this and you know who you are, send me a text and, and recognize that I talked about you on the podcast. Otherwise I know that you're not listening. Um, <laughs> she was like, Hey, I could, I could do this job here at first Brown or have an opportunity to do a job at, at home. Mm. And I said, both of them are great. And I knew that that didn't help her. And I said, what are you most excited about? Yeah. Like which one excites you the most? Mm. That, that's the thing, because when, when you look at this and, and you have, um, Samuel responding to the voice of God when he speaks, he's like, here I am. And then he, he eagerly responds. He runs with excitement. That's yeah. what he does. Um, and so I, I will always say, it's like, hey, there's a, a bunch of great options out there for me. What do I do? Have you been following Jesus? Sure. Have you been praying about it? Sure. Are you, are you engaged in God's word and community with this? Yeah. Okay. Which one excites you the most? Mm-hmm. Can can I play that card? You better play that card. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because like God is a good father and there are moments, hear me, where he's going to call you to do stuff that you dislike yeah. and please let that happen. Yeah. Um, but when you're just like, well, it's between this really good option and this really good option, I believe that he's good enough to go, hey, they're both great and I designed you in a certain way. Which one excites you the most? Ready to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and she did. That's and like, I, and I was like, that's the one you should have chosen, but I needed you to get to that point to go, yeah, I'm most excited about this, mm-hmm. um, and run after it. And so we see that in the Bible. Often you hear the voice of God, you eagerly like passionately respond yeah. and go after the one that's going to allow you to do that. That's good. Yeah. I think t- to, to follow up with that, Satan wants you to think that God is out to steal your joy. Yeah. Satan wants you to think that God wants to take from you. But we see in, throughout the Bible that God is not a taker, but he's, he's a giver. He's a generous God that wants to bless his people, not just with salvation, but with blessing here on this life as well. And so I think that the, my, the verse my mind goes to is 1 Corinthians ten thirty one. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And so yeah. like John said, it doesn't really matter um, that one is more right than the other, or that one is maybe more godly than the other, but what excites you the most? What brings you the most joy? Because God is after your joy. Um, and once again, we serve a big enough God that can use either situation, either set of the flowers to bring you closer to him and to bring you into, um, being used by him. So I, I think a lot of times we, we get too preoccupied with, the where and the and the what and not enough with the how and the why yeah. a lot of times okay caleb the christian hedonist he did it <laughs> proud of you um I, I meant i meant to mention this on the last question too um i think no matter which direction we take in this i think also applies into areas we step into that are sinful but the lord is going to somehow use it if you continue to abide in him for his glory and your good um because I think when we we take an opportunity that we're like, oh yeah, that was the wrong one. Yeah. We're like, God's out of this. He's not going to be in this. But he steps into that and he's going to continue to grow you and sanctify you no matter the space you fall into. And so especially in this one where it's like two good things, God's presence is going to be in both of them. Um, and you're going to be able to delight in his presence in either one of them. Um, and so hopefully that's an encouragement to you guys. Um, mm-hmm. that's, that's about all I have um, that's from good. hearing from God. But y'all have some 
Some great wisdom. If you have another thought, I think you're about well, to say something. Like for you guys listening um, that are that are wrestling with this, we're going to push you to scripture. Like every time, I'm sorry. Like that's yeah. that's just God's word. Okay, so you want to hear from God, just open your Bible, and it happens. Um, that's just a promise. That's the simple oiled down dust statement. Um, but in First Samuel chapter three, like even the first couple of verses are are so wild. The boy Samuel served the Lord in Eli's presence. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. And the prophetic visions were not widespread. And so he was in a, he was in a space where he just wasn't here. People weren't hearing from God yeah. um, in, the, in the typical manner that they were hearing from God in the Old Testament. And so, so what, what, what happens? Verse 2, one day Eli, whose eyesight was failing, was lying in bed in his usual place before the lamp of God had gone out. Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was located. Didn't have to be there. Yeah, but he was just like, "This is what I'm going to do. I want to hear from God, and it's not happening. the The visions are are not happening as much. There's not a pro- lot of prophetic words coming out. I'm going to position myself as close to God as I can. Mm. I'm going to go where the ark was. That's good. I mean, there's, people touched that thing and they died. Yeah, um, God's yeah. presence is so close to that. I'm just going to go hang out there. And so that's where he is. And then verse three, but before the, oh, sorry, verse four. Then the Lord called Samuel and he answered, "Here I am," and he ran to Eli. Um, and said, here I am, you called me, um, which, which is kind of funny. He does that, and it, it points us to what his goal was. Mm. He hears a voice, and he mm. thinks, okay, Eli's calling me. So he's, he's acting out his service. And we will preach this unapologetically in our church, and it's not really a preaching. We just encourage our people, find your place to regularly serve. Um, if you want to experience and hear from God often, that mm. is one thing that has to happen. Your church home should be a place that you love to invite people to yeah. and that you serve faithfully. That's kind of my two measures. And this is what he's modeling here. Um, and I think that's a, a value for us in hearing the voice of God. And he's like, halfway through that, I didn't call you. Either I replied, go back and lie down. So I went and lay down. Once again, the Lord called Samuel. Samuel got up, went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. He, he heard it once. Eli said, that wasn't me. He went and laid back down, and he could have heard it again and been like, nah. Mm. Mm-mm. Like, I'm hearing things. There's a weird echo where the ark was. There's a ghost. Echo. Um, but he, he's listening. Yeah. Even in his sleep, he's listening. He, he goes and he lies back down in his usual place. He hears it again, and he responds. I didn't call my son. He replied, go back and lay down. Mm. Verse 7. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A wild verse. <laughs> Once again, for the third time, the Lord called Samuel. He got up, went to Eli, and he said, Here I am, you called me. And Eli understood that the Lord was calling the boy. And he told Samuel, Go and lie down, and if he calls you again, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Um, mm-hmm. And and so he gives him this advice to like, Hey, keep listening. Yeah. Keep responding eagerly. I recognize now it wasn't me that's calling you, it's God calling you. And when he calls you, you respond. Yeah. And that, that's really important. Not like when he calls, you just kind of sit there. And, and we talk about this at the moment of salvation, whatever that looks like for people and all of that. When you hear God's voice, do something. Mm. Just just do something. And a lot of times people will probably hear God's voice and are scared to move and are doubting. And that can be that you're doubting your giftedness, you're doubting God's power, you're doubting the situation. Any of those things can rise up. Mm. Um, but I think God is, that's back to that picking flowers. It's not which one, just start doing it. Yeah. Um, and, and see God speak into that. And, and so he said, Hey, just respond to him, speak. Your servant is listening. So Samuel went and he laid down in this place. The Lord came and stood there and called us before Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel responded, speak for your servant is listening. And so he, he hears that. And then it, if you keep reading through chapter three, like some really cool things come alive. Verse 19, Samuel grew 
the Lord was with him and he fulfilled everything that Samuel prophesied. Like he, he used him in his faithfulness. And then at the very end of, uh, not the very, almost the very end. Yeah, it is the very end. Verse 21, the Lord continued to appear in Shiloh because there he revealed himself to Samuel mm. by his word. Mm. Not cool. just by his prayer. He continued to reveal himself to Samuel by his word. And so like, if you want to regularly hear the voice of God, um, your position, being ready to hear the voice of God, finding yourself a space to regularly serve God, responding eagerly when God calls you, but you you will not clearly, or you will not most clearly know that it's God's voice without engaging in God's word. Yeah, it's good. He's just going to clearly speak to it, and he will continue. You will have, thankfully, and I love to see it, you're going to have like these mountaintop, unbelievable moments where maybe God audibly speaks to you, but mm-hmm. I don't put him in a box where he doesn't. Um, but maybe he speaks to you in a situation where you know it was unbelievably powerful and you respond in that way, mm-hmm. but then you're going to come out of that. Um, this is my, this is my, uh, I didn't mean to take a shot here, but this is my like irritation with the charismatic movement is that it's so, ex- it's so experience based, yeah. um, that, that they have to, they thrive on the high of experience and like the Holy Spirit showing up and doing unbelievable things and, and stuff that, you know, sometimes like that could have been the Holy Spirit. You could have yeah. conjured it up by man. We could have turned up the bass on the speakers and you just responded. Like those things yeah. that that after the experience fades, um, those people are often left wanting because they don't have a foundation to stand on. Yeah, um, and so then they they begin to either doubt their faith or they leave that church and they go on a on a journey of trying to figure out God. Goose chase. Yeah. And and God says, I will show up sometimes and do some unbelievable things. Yeah. You will learn to hear my voice if you will do the work of engaging with my word constantly. And then my voice actually gets louder. Yeah. But in that, in that um, loud may be a terrible word there, then my voice gets clearer. Mm. And in that clarity is peace. Yeah. Because good. sometimes in those moments, you kind of yeah. sit back and go, this is madness. Yeah. Like when God shows up and on the mission field, when God shows up and heals the mute boy, which we got to see, mm. that moment was a little crazy. Yeah. And it, when it first happened, it was peaceful. But then when people began to see it, they began to respond as you should. Mm-hmm. Um, what is, uh, I think it's Luke seven sixteen or Mark seven sixteen that when God showed up and brought the, the boy out of the casket, they were quietly worshipful, but noisily grateful. Mm. Inside, they were responding to God, but outside, they were bananas. Yeah. Um, and so those big moments are huge. But when you engage constantly with God's word, they become... His voice becomes clear. His voice becomes loud, and it becomes peaceful. And you don't have to have those moments. You just kind of walk in it and go, "Yeah, like I mm. get that now." Mm. And I think that should be the goal um, of us That's in hearing good. God's voice: is to to put ourselves in a position, serving Him faithfully, responding eagerly, because we've just been engaging in God's word constantly. Yeah, I think I have one more thought, and Draw so it. I think once again, I just want to say if if we want to hear from God. We have to recognize this one thing. If we're trying to access the power of God apart from the presence of God, we're missing out on the word from God. In other words, Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. What the Lord wants to speak to you is that the Lord alone is God. The presence of God is what you need. The presence of God is what you need. The presence of God is what you need. A lot of times we're, we're so caught up in accessing the power of God and, and we want to hear about how God is going to be powerful in our life and move in our life, but we're forgetting the fact that the presence of God is what we need. Mm-hmm. The mm-hmm. presence of God is what we need. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. That's good.
Yeah, hopefully that's a, an encouragement to to you guys. Um, I think especially in our world today, we complicate hearing from God, and it's it's simply delighting in Him, finding yourself in God's Word, um, seeking community who are rooted in in faithfulness. So mm. that's about all we got this week. Yay! We'll see you guys right back here Yo. next week. One twenty-seven on the mic every week Thursday. 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 Thursday.